on LOL Radio. It is time to investigate the weird wide world that we live in. And as part of it tonight, we are having a uh, chat, as promised earlier in the show, with uh, Khaled Kalafala. How's it going, Khaled? Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks for having me. No worries. Thanks for uh, coming back on the show. We've, uh, we're starting to rack up some repeat appearances by uh, comedians, which is pretty cool, because we've got return, oh, return guests. Last time I came in. Oh, well, let's... I, so I had to come again. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> uh, so for people who, uh, who, who may not know, uh, you are an uh, Australian-Egyptian uh, comedian, and uh, you've also done a bunch of acting work. You've been on Upper Middle Bogan, Ali's Wedding, Utopia, and uh, That's Not My Dog as well. Yeah, yeah, I was lucky enough to get a bunch of uh, opportunities in uh, TV and radio and the like that, um, that, to be honest, I wasn't prepared for, and yep. then I uh, got thrown to the deep end with, with a bunch of actors that were really accomplished and really great, so... Yeah. yeah, you're right. That's not my dog. Was the most recent one, and that had a, a two day cinema debut, which is really cool. Yeah, um, and uh, Utopia season three, and then uh, one of my favourite ones was Ali's Wedding. Yeah, uh, which you can get on DVD as well. Oh, excellent. Um, so just uh, with that's my dog. That's we we did have a big big chat about that um, that movie on the radio when it was kind of you know in production. We heard about it because yeah. it's it's basically you know it's jokes, and 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 I think that's yeah. one, one of my favourite. Thing like I love, I'm a massive fan of jokes. We all ha- are here, but there's something about the art of actually telling a joke. There's some people who can tell jokes, and then there's some people who mm-hmm. can't. And I think um, that's really, you know, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you bang on, and it turns out I can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was it was really cool to be with um, you know all the who's who of Australian comedy. Yeah, yeah, uh, and yeah, and it really did weed out. The, the kind of who can tell a joke from who can't. And most people could, including people that, that weren't comedians. I mean, notably some, some of the cast members, um, you know, my friends from, from up Middle Bogan were on there as well, Michaela Bannis yep. um, was on there as well, and Glenn Robbins was, uh, you know, uh, debuted for a little bit. And, and each of them, you know, really could tell a joke. Yep. Um, and then me, who was a working stand-up, you know, uh, in between, sh- like, you know, scenes, was, uh, you know, I, I got on, I was just, I panicked when it came to having to tell, yeah. you know, a, a scripted joke that had a, a traditional setup and punchline. Yeah. Um, so it was really cool to see, you know, how that um, how that played out. But yeah, no, I definitely can't tell a joke. <laughs> well, there's there's uh, there are some comedians um, who, uh, like, like you said, who are just naturally gifted storytellers and stuff, yeah. and there's some people who tell really great one-liners and stuff, but... Um, the, Every now and then, like, I, I know there's this one guy, he's not a comedian, he's a school teacher, mm. but he will tell you a story, and it won't be until the punchline hits you that you're like, that entire thing was made up. I didn't know, it, like, because <laughs> it's so convincing when it tells you, and even though you know he's joking, like, yeah. Uh, so, you know, God forbid That's one day... That's a classic bad move. Yeah, one day he'll actually have to tell me something. Move, yeah, <laughs> he'll have to tell me some bad news or something, and then I'll just be like, all right, here you go, what's the, what's the punchline <laughs> to this? But, uh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes people just waste your time until the end of the thing, and then you're like, all of this was a waste of time, a waste of my life. <laughs> Sometimes I just realized also, this, yeah. was, this, this interview is, is mainly promoting my tour as a comedian, and I just started off the interview by uh, discounting myself as a comedian. <laughs> yeah, well, I was uh, just so about to tour. By the way, I suck at telling jokes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, but but stand up and telling jokes are different. I think we'll 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 draw the line there because you are a very very talented stand up comedian. That's a good point, and I and I think um, that's one thing that the movie really did highlight that stand up and telling jokes are very different. Yeah, um, and it's hard it's hard to articulate, but I guess that's a really good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you've you've been getting like rave reviews, uh, you know, four star, five star reviews and stuff, and uh, that's like I know a lot of people kind of. 
there's some people who look at reviews and go, oh, you know, reviews are reviews. But they, there's something, if people are getting great reviews, you know there's going to be, uh, they're, they're going to be doing good, good stuff out there. But um, you've had a bit of a break from stand-up for a little while. This is your first show in a... How, a yeah, in about, in about a year. year. I mean, uh, yeah, so, uh, I mean, not so much taking a break from stand-up. I mean, I've still been a working stand-up. I've just taken a break from doing a tour. Yep. Um, so I still, I mean, I, I still frequent most of the Melbourne clubs. Yep. Um, so you it's know, just a I brief still do break. a lot of lineup yeah. shows. Oh, it's just a brief break. Yeah, yeah, from the from the touring life. I mean, guys, I really must insist there's been no break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you, the, this, this, is my, this is just my first solo tour, I guess. I, 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 I can see why why you might think that, and that's that, uh, an easily misconstrued fact that I've taken a break, and it's because I've really uh, tried to position this tour and let people know that it's the first time I've done an independent tour. So uh, yep. um, what I've been doing for the last five years is doing the comedy festival. So yep. um, this year I wanted to, instead of doing the comedy festival, which is really great, and it's been a really great opportunity for me to build my voice and my brand, yep. I wanted to try and uh, leverage my brand into a bigger room and do a one-night only to try and get... Uh, one to try and make it a more electric show so I wanted the best possible experience I could have in a comedy show yep. and instead of doing one show 22 nights in a row I wanted to do a much bigger show one night in each of the cities and then just have one electric show so um, yep. this year I decided not to do the comedy festival and that's why a lot of people may have missed out by seeing me in a- by not seeing me in April yep. uh, during the Melbourne Comedy Festival and some of the other festivals in Brisbane and Perth and Sydney etc that I might normally do Yep. Um, and this year I've decided to do an independent venue, independent venues in each of the major cities. So I'll be doing the sit-down comedy club in Brisbane. I'll do the comics lounge in Melbourne. I'll do yep. the comedy store in Sydney, which, by the way, is my favorite room. Yep. Uh, and I'll be doing the Rhino Room in Adelaide, which is the first time I've um, I've done that room for a solo sh- uh, for a solo show. So a lot of firsts there as well. I haven't really been to Adelaide for the last few years, but Melbourne every year uh, I do a show. It's just a little bit different this year. Try and make it bigger. It's slightly more revealing and slightly more accessible to all my fans. Speaking of accessible, I, I noticed that your show at the Rhino Room is an all-ages show, and that's something that I think is lacking in kind of stand-up things, because mm-hmm. I know a lot of, a lot of the... Uh, and it's not really the fault of the venue because it's, you know, licensing laws and stuff. But I know when I started going to comedy things, luckily I kind of look older than I am. So I kind yeah. of was able to sneak in because, you know, as long as I didn't go to the bar, no one would pick me up for my age. And I know some, you know, some comedians have mature content, but some, mm-hmm. there's something about seeing, even if it is stuff that's, you know, a little bit over the head of some, you know, younger people, going and seeing something at an all-ages thing is, I think, really important. Have you done many all-ages shows, or is this kind of the first one? Well, look, I'm glad you brought that up, Tyson, because, uh, yes, I think doing an all-ages thing is really cool. However, um, it has very little to do with me and more to do with the venue. Yeah. <laughs> is all-ages, but, you know, that's a really cool selling point for Adelaide, I think. And it turns out um, I'm selling really well in all of the cities, but because I haven't been to Adelaide, I think... Uh, Adelaideans need a little bit more of a push to come and, uh, and see the show and see someone different because I am new to most Adelaide people. So yeah. um, the Rhino Room is a tried and tested establishment and maybe that is why they're such a successful establishment in Adelaide because they do all ages yeah. and they attract all sorts of people. So yeah. I do encourage you, if you, haven't, uh, if you haven't seen a comedy show before, this is a good one to come to. If you're under 18 and you generally can't go to any other events, this is a good one to come to. And if you're older and you like the kind of family vibe where there's all ages, this yep. is a good one to come to, and I like to cater to all people as well. Um, yep. I tend to do a lot of grassroots community stuff as well, where there isn't any alcohol served, which is 
yeah. the instrumental factor in ages anyway. And uh, and I ran a room for a couple for, for about five years uh, that was a non-alcoholic room, uh, and it was the only non-alcoholic room in Melbourne, and so it was the only all ages room in Melbourne. Yeah. So I've had five years experience playing to all ages, and because of that. I've recruited a lot of fans in Melbourne, at least, yep. um, who are all ages, and I'm excited to do that in Adelaide as well. So if, uh, if you are under 18, Adelaide is actually the only place you'll be able to see the show. So yeah. there's, a good, uh, there's a good position for you to be in. Thanks yeah. for bringing that up, Tyson. No <laughs> um, so it, that's interesting that you've done shows without alcohol. Do you have less heckles when there's no alcohol involved? Um, before I answer this question, I'd just like yeah. to commend you both on your ability to listen and then craft the next question based on what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> your segues are impeccable. <laughs> uh, and uh, are there, is there less heckling? No, not at all. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, you know, uh, there's just different kinds of heckles. So when there's, uh, when there's alcohol involved, there's, uh, there's belligerent heckles. Yep. Um, when, and, and, you know, kind-hearted, but just well-off-the-target heckles because people just aren't aware of their surroundings and they can't, yep. they can't read the room as well, yep. uh, which also happens to comedians when they're drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but when you're, when you're sober, it doesn't mean that you're any less uh, likely to heckle. It just means you might take a little bit longer to build the confidence, but you're actually more aware and more acute uh, with what you say. Uh, and generally, the sober heckles are the ones you have to really look out for because they're not going to be belligerent or rude or too loud, and that's the problem. You can't take them down because they've done nothing wrong. They're generally going to be the ones where, where they sit and they think and they're very well uh, versed in the, in the vibe of the room and then they say something that might just be funnier than what you've been saying, yeah. which is a real, problem. <laughs> it's a real problem for a comedian. But they're the fun ones for everyone else in the audience, which happened a lot at Shisha, yeah, you know, yeah. especially when I was trying out jokes at, in, uh, in my non-alcoholic room. People would just start saying things and generally it would be funnier than what I'm saying, so I'd have to address that. And a lot of the time, I've taken what people have said as heckles and then put them into the joke and it's become way funnier than Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, excellent. Uh, so as you mentioned, you're playing the Comedy Store in Sydney on the uh, 13th of July, you're, which is, uh, which is this, this Friday. Friday. yeah. Mm -hmm. And you've also got the Sit-Down Comedy Club in Brisbane on the 14th of July. Uh, 21st of July is Comics Lounge in Melbourne and the Rhino Room is the 28th of July. We'll have all the dates up on the LOL Radio Facebook page. Um, but like you said, at the festival circuit, you kind of have your, like you said, the, the bunch of shows all in a row, all in a night. And that's sometimes all that that show ever is. Like a lot of people will, you know, spend a year crafting a show and then it's just mm -hmm. this little kind of thing that goes for, you know, 22 days or whatever it is and it just, you know it's kind of over and done with and then uh, some of those shows will always kind of uh, they'll, that'll, that'll be the end of them um, but so w with this type of show is this something you're hoping to continue on with the, the big the big tours so you can kind of you know craft that bigger show and have the you know a more uh, a more focused show I guess yeah yeah, mm -hmm. yeah absolutely um, yeah I would like to leverage this, this show and see the support that I get and, and this is really testing the waters kind of tour uh, yep. to see how much support I get and how many people will come outside of a major festival. Um, and so far, it's looking good. I mean, if ticket sales are anything to go by, um, it looks like this is going to be a success and I'm going to get to do more of these tours. But yeah, I would like to do a bigger tour next year. I'd like to add in some of the cities that I haven't done. So I'd like to go to Tasmania. I'd like to do Perth. Yep. Um, I'd like to maybe even do New Zealand. And I'd like to, um, to add in maybe some of the regional Queensland areas as well. Yeah. Um, and see what else I can, um, I, I can add on there. But it just depends on, on, uh, what kind of response I get. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, beginning this Friday in Sydney and uh, Brisbane on Saturday, uh, on, on Saturday, 
Yep. I think it'll be a really good, uh, you know, measure to see whether I can do it again next year. And plus, you know, the the, the festivals. Another reason I'm, I, you know, I want to come out of the festivals, um, and, and and I say this in a way where I, I, the festivals are really great, and they've you know formed who I am at the moment, yep. as, and as far as comedy and my career. And I would like to continue doing the festivals when I write a show that I think is specific to the festivals. But um, you're right, it's 22 nights in a row, and then it's kind of uh, all done and dusted, which, uh, you know, the, the, the schedule of the festivals is such that every year around the same time, you finish touring the festivals, and then before you know it, you've got a few weeks before you have to register for next year's festivals, and then you're writing another show. So you're constantly in this uh, kind of rat exercise wheel of jumping in, having to write a show on schedule for the next tour. What is happening is you're never creating your best work. Yeah. Um, because, for example, if I were to, to, to compare it to musicians, you never have a touring season where you have to write an album by a particular time. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, write yeah, an yeah. album, and then you decide how you're going to promote it, and then when it's ready, you decide when the tour is. For comedians, we work in reverse. Yeah. We're always under schedule to have to finish a show by a particular time, and so you never take the time to kind of stop and go, let me write the best show that I can write. So this show for me has been me exiting that schedule for the first time, that forced schedule to go, I'm not going to try and force a show by April or by yeah, May yeah. or by whatever. I'm just going to write the show, and when it's ready, I'll tour it. And it just so happened that that was July, so I've given myself way more time. Yep. That's why it seems like maybe there was a break, but yep. it's just me working really hard on the show to make it even better than I, than I have uh, had in the past. And that is something that we, we hear a lot when we're talking to comedians is that, you know, the festival season comes up and it's four four weeks essentially and they usually say by kind of two and a half weeks in, like that's when they've kind of settled on the show because a lot of them mm-hmm. have rushed it. They haven't had time to really, like, prepare it uh, because, you know, it's yep. the thing of, especially before the festival, is all the open mics are booked out because people are trying out new gear, all that kind of stuff. Whereas being yeah. able, like you said, to have a show that is ready when it's ready and then you can tour it and then be really confident in uh, being able to put on the best show that you can. And I think that's a really important thing. And um, That's exactly right. I mean, you start the festival, it's it, your show is crap, just no matter who you are. Your first show at the festival is just crap. Yep. You're, by, by two weeks in, it's average. And then your last show at the festival is the best show that it can be. Yeah. And by the time it's the last show, the festival is done. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got to throw that show away because it's time for registering for the new festival. So you're always just, you know, showcasing your most average work, yeah. um, you know, again and again. And that's no fault of the festival. The festival doesn't force oh, you to do yeah. it. It's just, yeah. It just gives you a platform every year. But comedians are kind of a little bit angsty to, to stay relevant and stay on board. So... Um, what I'd like to do is kind of stay outside, and I think once I write the best show that I can, I think this is, I've, I've given myself the best shot at doing that, then I can go, go back into the festival system and showcase something that I'm very proud of. And this show is exactly that. So Excellent. this is the first show that I've been truly proud of, um, you know, in its entirety, and I think will be ready um, as per, well, it is ready as per the first show this yeah. Friday in Sydney. That's awesome. Well, uh, thank you very much for having a chat with us. And uh, so you can go and see Khaled at Kalafala at the Comedy Store in Sydney this Friday, uh, Sit Down Comedy Club in Brisbane on Saturday the 14th, uh, Saturday the 21st of July at the Comics Lounge in Melbourne and uh, the Rhino Room in Adelaide, Saturday the 28th of July. Uh, Like I said, the details will be up on the LOL Radio Facebook page. Uh, Thanks very much for having a chat with us, Khaled. And... uh, yeah, good, good luck for the uh, upcoming tour, and um, I'm sure it'll be an absolute blast. Thanks so much, guys. It was really great to be here.